0: Welcome to the Intelligent Dynamic Sensing podcast. My name is Bruce Malkinson and I'm the Chief Operating Officer for Sensor Technology Corporation. In each episode, you will learn from industry experts who share their insights and strategies on how to reveal hidden surface data and optimize the performance, comfort, and safety of surfaces. We will discuss and present solutions that have worked for real-world applications across fields like product design and safety testing, consumer, clinical, and human body performance. Hello, and welcome to our Intelligent Dynamics Sensing podcast. And once again, I have the pleasure of having Paul Graham joining me. Hi, everyone.
1: I'm a podiatrist who has been uh, in practice for over 34 years. I've been using plantar pressure almost 25 years in my day-to-day analysis of complex musculoskeletal conditions. And now I have the opportunity and pleasure of teaching how to understand the information that Planet Pressure provides us to make sense of what we're seeing.
0: Fantastic. And um, we've been progressing through our our, uh, podcast and webinar series and really excited that we are um, getting into some of the the real meat of the application now. And so um, in our time together uh, today, we're going to be discussing some of uh, the idea is captured in the upcoming webinar on clinical data assessment using plantar pressure and have a few questions that I want to ask, starting with what are the unique attributes of plantar pressure data that make it so suitable for analysing foot function?
1: Well, that's a, a really good question. I, I guess to start with is that of all of the assessments we do of foot function, plantar pressure analysis provides objective data as opposed to subjective data. It's also provided in such a way that we don't need to write long notes describing the outcome of the analysis, such as required in visual gait analysis. So that makes it easier. And the information is repeated in such a way that it's always consistently presented. So it's easy to understand once you've got the understanding of what you're looking for. The analysis provides measurements of complex function and interactions that occurs during stance phase. So it's a dynamic weight bearing assessment, as opposed to a non weight bearing assessment. Mm -hmm. And clinical interventions can be compared to see the dynamic weight bearing changes in function, such as by using different footwear, using tape, or padding on the foot. So there's a lot of unique attributes of planter
0: pressure. Okay. And then, um, assuming we're going to measure that uh, planter pressure, what are the key attributes of the technolo- that the technology has to have to provide data for confident assessment and decision-making?
1: Well, it needs to be very accurate, and the data needs to be uh, able to easily be repeatable. There are some key, key features. So, the Xsensor system uses capacitive sensor technology that is proven to be very, very accurate. When we do comparisons on the same day and different days, it's the the technology of the capacitive sensors that is the key to having the accuracy and the repeatability. And if the uh, the data is uh, done using set protocols it can be reliably compared. And as I said, research has validated that. We also need to look at resolution and how good the data is. So the number of scans per second and the number of sensors is highly important to achieve this good resolution. So for example, resolution is vital in assessing those with high risk feet types that uh, are at risk of ulceration. But also, high number of scans per second is also vital in analyzing function in sport. And finally, making sure that the sensors are designed in such a way that they fit inside a shoe and don't move so that the sensors are consistently measuring the same areas. This this ensures accuracy and consistency of the data sets.
0: Uh, you know, given that we're using in-shoe plantar pressure technology, are there some conditions that are more ideally suited to this type of assessment than others? Sure. When we look at
1: um, sports, we we want to really see the person walking or running in the environment that they do when they're playing sports. Of course, it's very convenient having a person running on the treadmill because, we can control so many parameters, including video feed. But you have to ask, is that exactly the same sort of movement patterns a person is going to play on the sports field with the cutting movements and so on? So in shoe sensors for sports and for also for work environments where you're climbing ladders or descending down slopes, etc., these sort of unique environments really lend themselves to the in-shoe system. Also looking at high risk feet, seeing how not only where the pressures are, but how footwear and orthotics and other environments have an effect on those high pressure areas that can only be seen using in-shoe pressure systems. I'd also suggest looking at the outcome of surgery on foot function with a person dynamically weight bearing this is another area that we can use the in-shoe pressure system to really get an understanding of how the surgical procedure has affected the foot. Also in rehabilitation, where every time you see a person, you're measuring to see an improvement in function to actually get them walking in their shoes, their day-to-day shoes, whether it's an, in-shoe, sorry, an in-house shoe, or a sports shoe or a, a work shoe, perhaps, can really help us understand the effect of our rehabilitation. So there's, there's just a few of the areas where an in-shoe pressure system is really uh, superior than other systems.
0: So you mentioned a few uh, uh, interven- of these interventions um, that are measured using plantar pressure. What are are the, you know, different interventions that are most effectively informed by this kind of data? So I guess the
1: first type of intervention that I would uh, consider is that of different shoes. So getting shoes to fit the right person for the right sporting activity can be the difference between a repetitive injury or not. And so it's really important. But how do we know? Normally we go on how the patient feels, perhaps put them on a treadmill, look at their cadence, but we really don't know where the the forces are going in those shoes and how that's affecting foot function. That's where using an in-shoe system and trying out a a number of different shoes can be really informing for the clinician, especially in uh, sports like football where the Differences in um, football boots are not significantly uh, different com- like runners are. So small uh, placement of the studs can make a big difference on the pressure underneath the foot, for example. Also, we can use uh, the plantar pressure system, the tube plantar pressure system, for measuring the effect of felt padding to offload areas of high pressure and to make sure that we onload areas of low pressure. We don't offload one area of high pressure only to onload another area of high pressure. Another way is to look at the efficacy of a custom shoe design, such as a rocker sole to offload or improve sagittal plane function. And also we can assess the potential outcome of orthotics on foot function by the use of rigid taping to simulate that sort of correction. So there's a few that I can think of.
0: So so given that we've sort of uh, clarified the utility of of pressure mapping in the application, uh, in the actual day-to-day use of it, um, what is the kind of protocol that would be necessary to ensure that the data collected really reflects the natural motion of the patient?
1: Um, The pressure system, has to not intrude on the patient's comfort or limit any range of motion. So the person has to be comfortable and free to perform their motion without wires getting in the way. The patient should be familiar with the equipment so that they are comfortable with that and understand fully the recording process so they know what to do. Then, ideally, the patient should be able to walk or run at their own natural speed speed or stride without thinking about being recorded. There shouldn't be another overlay and then having the patient have enough time to relax into their comfortable gait. Now, of course, if you're going to do any sports or you're going to do any complex um, walking over a complex area, such as a trail walk or anything, this is where an in-shoe system will provide much more natural data than walking over a pressure mat or a treadmill because of the variations of the contours a person is walking over if we consider walking over a track compared to walking over a hard flat floor the foot is going to react differently the neuromuscular features and function the just the dynamical lo- loading will be different to in a undulating track than walking on a hard, flat surface.
0: Uh, when, you know, once collected, of course, we you know we have all of this data. So how does the clinician combine 2D pressure data and, and gate lines and, and pressure or load versus time information along with their observed uh, observations or observed data to form some kind of an assessment?
1: Well, once we've got the data, we have to prepare it for analysis and average it and then working through recommended protocols, we assess the features that you mentioned to see asymmetries, how the body weight moves through the foot, and the loading of tissues. And in doing so, we understand the function of the auto-supportive mechanisms, the areas of high tissue loading that could cause tissue breakdown, a stress fracture or chronic injuries, indication of imbalance of function, perhaps through muscle groups. Um, or joint dysfunction through arthritis or injury, or compensated function, which will limit the potential performance of the musculoskeletal system, especially in sport, which we can work on and improve.
0: Uh, you know, with that, with the, the data captured and, and initial analysis complete, you know, the pr- plantar pressure measurement um, pre-post um, an intervention can be presented in, in of course, a comparison view, and what I'm wondering is is how, how significant do the measured differences have to be um, b- that will influence foot function?
1: Well, this is one of my favorite features of plantar pressure analysis. To be able to see the actual changes in dynamic weight bearing function is unique. Practitioners usually measure and assess to know changes, hopefully improvement, but often these are not dynamic and certainly does not provide the detail as plantar pressure does. And from this, we can continually refine our treatment strategies, demonstrate improvement to the patient, keeping them engaged. And this is really important when the pain is still present and from this we can continually refine our treatment strategies, demonstrate improvement to the patient, keeping them engaged, especially when the pain is still present. And therefore, we can be confident of our prognosis.
0: One more thing to d- dig a little deeper into one of those uh, specific items that's uh, a key part or, or key outcome of, of capturing panther pressure data. And, and I know a favorite of yours is, is the center of pressure. You know, that uniquely contains a great deal of information. And I'm wondering if you could share some insights uh, that come from center of pressure and how does that uniquely influence the intervention decisions?
1: Yeah, yeah, the centre of pressure is a, is a great assessment. It's been validated by uh, so much research in so many areas. So specifically to the foot, we can look at the trajectory of the centre of pressure. So that is where the body weight, where the, the pathway through which the body weight moves from the heel usually through the foot and out through the forefoot that tells us a lot of information it tells us how the auto supportive mechanisms are working it shows where the tissue loading is going to be whether it's nor in a, whether the tissue loading is placed in the normal areas which are designed for tissue loading or not it also shows us using the center of pressure excursion index where if the foot is pronated or supinated in a dynamic process, which is unique to plantar pressure analysis. We also can see the timing of the weight bearing flow. It should be a nice fluid movement forward, but we can see if there is hesitations or what we call major or minor sagittal plane blockages where the weight bearing comes to a stop or sometimes even reverses and then moves forward finding an alternative pathway. And while that's happening, the body proximal to the foot has to compensate for these blockages in sagittal plane during the gait cycle. So it can be significant. And of course, looking at symmetry, looking at the weight bearing, moving through the foot left to right to see if there is an asymmetry there that could indicate dysfunction through more proximal structures. So it can give us a huge amount of detail and data so that we can then start directing our assessment on other areas than just the foot.
0: Wonderful. Well, Paul, and that's all the questions I have for today. And uh, you know, as always, uh, appreciate a ton your your uh, incredible insights and wisdom on this subject of of uh, plantar pressure and and gait analysis. And really looking forward to our upcoming webinar uh, together and getting into some. Uh, detail in terms of the clinical application of the technology. Thanks, Bruce. Thank you for tuning in to the Intelligent Dynamic Sensing Podcast. To learn more, go to extensor.com or email us at sales with any questions you may have. We'd love to hear from you. Never miss an episode by subscribing anywhere you listen to podcasts.